everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Hosted hashtagbasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Why haven't you gone check them out yet? Go check out hashtagbasketball.com. You only got like five weeks until the season starts. Hurry up. Hashtagbasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, the first juicy episode of the season. I'm excited for this. Yes, I'm ready to get back into the swing of things. So I ain't going to play around. I ain't going to make any pot shots at LeBron James for being a, a ring chaser right now. I'm not going to uh, you know, get on my high horse that Jimmy Butler was the finals MVP. I'm not going to do any of those things, Tyler. We're going to get right into most top five, each of our personal top fives, most intriguing players going into this season. Now, the the ambiguity, the word intriguing is on purpose because we did not specify whether or not these are sleepers, whether or not we like these guys or dislike these guys or anything like that. We're going to do sleeper episode in the future. We're going to do uh, you know, the different rounds. We're going to take people in. We're going to do those episodes in the future once free agency starts to get going. This is the most intriguing players to us personally. I'm very excited to hear who you have chosen, uh, but I don't know who's going to go first. How are we going to determine who's going to go first, Tyler? Uh, invisible coin flip. Head or, heads or tails. Ready? You call it tails. there. Tails. I'm about to flip it. Tails. It was tails. You got it. You son of a bitch. All right. Once again, <laughs> I'm a winner here. Um, all right, I'm going to go with the guy, the number one guy on my on my list. Um, oh, wait, oh. I don't you go five to one? Oh, we're gonna go five to one. Okay, let's let's uh, you guess. gotta build the excitement, Michael. Come on now. And uh, I, it's been a while since we've done these podcasts, Tyler. I'm not, I'm not, I'm used to just uh, getting the, 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 the best player out of the way, and then people like immediately turn the podcast off, you know. 10 minutes. Uh, uh, that's your strategy. All right, fair, fair. All right, my number five then is um, Jason Tatum. Okay, he's not on my list. I'm excited for this. Let's let's go. Right, let's cool. go. Jason Tatum, um, thirty-four minutes a game, twenty-three points, seven rebounds, three assists, one point four steals, almost a block a game, forty-five um, percent from the field, eighty-one percent from the line. Twenty-two years old. Um, he ended up being, uh, I believe, if you go to hashtagbasketball.com and you look at the the total ranking. Actually, just let's go look at the average rankings. I'm not even going to look at the total rankings. He was 13th in totals, if you're wondering. 13th in totals. He was 21st in, um, in per-game average, which I feel like is a little low. I think it might, um, per-game, he might be a little higher than that. Um, my personal rankings, anyway. This kid has an insane amount of talent, and I really think he has started to uh, blossom into an all-around player. The most intriguing two pieces of his development is his assists went up an entire assist per game. His steals went up a half of almost a half a steal per, or his steals went up a half a steal per game. He's also hitting almost three three pointers a game. His shot is getting better. 
the sky seems like the limit for this dude. And for me, he is potentially one of the few players that could go from um, one of like a second tier, third tier player. And eventually in the, in the long term, maybe not next year, but uh, I don't know, maybe in next year, could he be a first round player? Could he be that good next year? Well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Where do you see him getting drafted? I mean, obviously, that's going to be the interesting part for me. For me, I mean, I think if I'm being 100% honest, like we talk about that kind of big clump at the top, which has got you know a lot of the top players in it, and and then you know we have that kind of second clump where it's like you know eight to fifteen, eight to twenty. I think he's in that for me right now. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if you picked him in the first round. I mean, I don't. I might find some players I like better, but yeah, I would not take a shot at him in the first round just because there is uh, a lot. There's going to be a lot more uh, healthy people back uh, taking up some uh, delicious. Oh, we're going to talk about a lot of those healthy people. I have a feeling, like Mr. Steph Curry. I cannot wait to see uh, him back in action. Um, But Jason Tatum, I think, is a a 100% for me a second round player. Um, I think he's going to improve, Um, and I I think. Where he needs to improve, because the jump from you know, tier three to tier two is a lot easier than the jump from tier two to tier freaking one. Um, Jason Tatum threes and scores better than Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler is a you know a twenty-seven and seven guy with almost two steals a game. Um, if Jason Tatum wants to be considered a late first round player he's going to need to take that those same type of leaps um that jimmy butler did developing his ability to distribute the ball um making sure he is playing uh, a better defense getting those uh, steals keeping his blocks up but if someone could do that jason tatum certainly can do that i you know you look at a guy like paul george paul george and jason tatum very similar um, I guess statistics here, except for Jason Tatum had better blocks. And I'm actually, you know, looking at it a little surprised that Paul George and Jason Tatum have similar lines. Um, if you're in a nine cat league uh, and you care about turnovers, uh, if you are not particularly interested in, in a specific punting strategy, there's no, um, there's no world where Jason Tatum should leave the second round. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I think he's definitely. I th- I would say he's even a top twenty player. Like, here's a twelve team league. I think he's. I think he's a pretty comfortable top twenty player. Absolutely, he's he's going to be twenty three this year. Like he's going to be twenty three in the middle of the season. So, um, nothing but nothing but upside there with Jason Tatum. Let's go with uh, who's your number? Who's your number five? My number five. Returning from a an Achilles tear, very uh, very scary injury, Mr. Kevin Durant. I was gonna say John Wall. Uh, well, John Wall is actually John Wall is actually interesting for a different reason. He's not on my list, but we could talk about him if you want. Um, John Wall hasn't played for what two years, two full seasons. Um, so so that'll be that'll be an interesting one. But no, Kevin Durant. Things I'm interested to see: guys who come back from Achilles tears a lot of times struggle with their jump shot. Demarcus Cousins, look at that example. Like he was a thirty-five percent three-point shooter for a couple years in a row. Shot twenty-seven percent in that part of the season we saw with the Warriors in 2018-2019. Um, does KD struggle with his jumper a little bit? 
And did he lose some of that athleticism that allows him to get to the rim and, and score very easily? Like, and we see him consistently being one of the best players at finishing around the rim every season. Like he shot, you know, 73.3% from his career, from zero to three feet. Um, is Kevin Durant the best player in fantasy basketball? Is he in the top 10 still? Those are the kind of questions I'm, I'm, I'm finding difficult to answer. Where do I rank him among that, that kind of first year? Is, is he a first-year player coming off that type of injury? Um, it, he obviously thrived, as always, um, in, Golden, uh, in Golden State, even though he was around top-tier players. So I'm not terribly concerned about him playing with Kyrie Irving at all. Um, I think the potential... Well, we've never, we've never seen Durant. him not play with a great point guard, right? I mean, like, he played with Westbrook in Oklahoma City, and he played with Curry in, in Golden State. So, like, we, we've never seen him not be around a guy that can get it his. Yes, and um, this is actually the um, the absurd stats that um, take you from a Tier 2 to Tier 1 player, like we were talking about with Jason Tatum, is, you know, the last time Kevin Durant was healthy – 26 points, two three-pointers a game, six rebounds, six assists, almost a steal, over a block. But the percentages really put you over the board, 52% from the field, which is absurd. And if you start chipping away at like, okay, maybe his shooting percentage is down. Uh, maybe he gets a, a, a couple, like a, a less assists because of Kyrie Irving, perhaps. Maybe, you know, he doesn't feel like being a, a full-time a shot blocker. So he his, his blocks suffer a little bit. Um does that knock him out of the top 10 and I think that's you know something like those little minute details that's something that can knock him out of the top 10. Right. And so that's that's what makes him super interesting and pegging down his draft spot like there's going to be some casual leagues right where like if you're drafting right now you might even like forget about Kevin Durant in general just cuz he didn't play at all last year. He played in zero games. And and, you know, you get into it and you're like, man, is he – and we're seeing some really – like, I'm not going with him number one. Like, he was in the conversation for number one, you know, the last healthy year that he played. You know, you got Harden, you got Anthony Davis, you got Giannis, like all those guys. I'm probably going over Durant just because there's – there doesn't seem to be any any warts there really. But then, you know, we get into that kind of next little group of players. You know, you got to put Kevin Durant in there somewhere. But he might be at the bottom of that group just because you're going like – I don't know, like, what is he going to be? Well, that's when you got to decide what type of risks you want to take as uh, as dra at drafting, right? If you're in a 12-team league and you're at the, you're on the, the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, and Kevin Durant's sitting there, I'm not sure he leaves. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm allowing him to get uh, picked up in the middle of the second round or the, even the end of the second round because as you're hearing both of us, right, we're a little, you know, a little worried about Kevin Durant being a top-tier player, and that probably means everyone else is having the same exact thought. Um, and so we're going to have to take a risk um, in drafting him. He's had a lot of time to recover. And even Kevin Durant at 80% is a second-round player. So... I don't. I think the risk reward is is worthy of taking him on the turn. I don't think if I'm at the twelfth, oh, thirteenth pick, I'm for sure. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I just, I mean, yeah, you could say maybe he's 13th because you're picking 12th and 13th. Uh, he's not leaving the, the, he's not getting past the turn in my, in my opinion. Right. I'm with you on that. I don't think anyone like, let's well, do it. There, you want to do it real a, quick? Well, we can, but is there a person, let me ask this question first. Is there a person that you are looking at as a first round pick that you're more concerned about? Let's just say yes or no. You don't have to answer because maybe that person's coming up on your on your list here. Um, no. Yeah, I'm kind of with kind of with you on that. Yeah, I think Harden, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not picking Duran over any of those guys. Well, Kawhi, you could maybe make the case for Kawhi just in the sense that if there's a lot of back to backs. Maybe he's gonna miss quite know. a few games, and and but even still, I think Durant's gonna miss quite a few back to backs. Like what what what, yeah. what what do the Nets get out of playing him? You know, a full seventy two games, like nothing. They they're trying to win the championship. I'd rather have Jokic. I'd rather have Dame, Giannis. So like he he ends up in the the bottom of the first round just anyway. Um, right, and that's what I mean. And I feel like there's just like you just feel a little bit better, like. If those, if it's him and Giannis on the board, like I'm taking Giannis because I feel good about Giannis being healthy and producing amazing stats. Jokic, all those guys you mentioned, kind of the same thing. On, on the flip side of that, he is probably the only person that will fall to the second round that can have first round value. Well, and have number one overall player value, and we've seen it. That is 100 percent true. All right, I'm going to go with actually uh, with my number four pick, um, a guy who is. Spent, had spent in his career over a decade the top 10. Oh, all right. I'm interested. Multiple, multiple number ones, multiple number twos, multiple number threes. That's how good this guy is. And we don't know what team he's going to be on next season. And that's why he is incredibly interesting because he is still good. And he significantly changes the outlook of multiple players with the decision on where he he well where he ends up going. I don't know if it's his decision, but he's probably got something. I'm talking about 35 year old Chris Paul. Yes. So apparently he has permission to talk to the Suns, right? We we heard that report from ESPN and correct. Um. That yeah. So Paul had the the resurgence, right? You know, Paul in Houston was good but not as good and then he went to oklahoma city and he led that team to the playoffs which was surprising and he you know got that shot back up to 48 percent and you know was just outstanding last season i'm with you i'm scared of a 35 year old point guard um you should always be scared of a 35 year old point guard but here's the reason why i'm not as scared about someone like chris paul because chris paul's um reliance on great athleticism uh like someone like westbrook or uh old school derrick rose uh isn't it just isn't at that at that level he's um you're coming from the baseball world he's a changeup pitcher like his pace his craftiness getting to his spots um understanding where people are understanding the flow of the game that doesn't really um age as poorly as jumping over dudes and dunking in with your their nuts and your nuts in their face like that's that's a skill you lose but 
knowing how to get people the ball, knowing how to uh, change the pace and navigate through a defense is, is something that uh, age is like fine wine, Tyler. And I think even though the last two years, you know, granted one of those was with Harden and then leading this Oklahoma City team, um, he, he's still 17 points, almost seven assists, five rebounds. He's a great rebounder for a guard. Um, one and a, over a, uh, one and a half steals. Um, I think where people will get a little bit um, greedy maybe is he shot 49% from the field uh, last year. Uh, that seems a little high based on his career averages, right? Uh, but, I mean, Chris Paul's a good shooter. Um, I don't know why he couldn't, in whether he's in Oklahoma City or with the Suns, um, kind of have another year of similar stats. Um, in fact, maybe even a little bit better on the Phoenix Suns of distributing the ball, being a, kind of more of a primary ball handler there as well. Um, I think Shea Gilders Alexander um, is going to be a beneficiary uh, if Chris Paul ends up at, on the Suns. Uh, and I think all the Suns are going to be beneficiaries if Chris Paul is is on the Suns. Uh, maybe a, a slight decrease in Devin Booker's assists perhaps but like uh aiden becomes very intriguing if uh he's running a pick and roll with chris paul um i you're worried just a lot of dominoes right there's a lot of dominoes there and based on where he lands it's going to change the rankings of at least six players for me i'm with you on that you're worried about his 61 58 and 58 games before playing 70 last season which was basically all the games he was going to play. I mean, like he was incredibly healthy last season. You have to remember that there has been a string of Chris Paul plays about 60 games. Um, that is definitely something to worry about. But as we, I think we talked about, well, and the leg previous- injuries, right? They're all, they're all leg injuries, like hamstring and, and stuff like that. And that's not, not the best. Um, I'm interested to see where Paul's going in drafts for sure, because if he's in the third round. That, that could be a little bit too low, but if he's like, at the top of the second or in the first, I, I don't know that I'm really that interested. Here's the thing. Old guys get overlooked, and we talked about this in the last podcast. You're going into your draft. Uh, Evan Booker, DeAndre Ayton, all these young guns, they're going to be very sexy names. People are going to really enjoy them. I mean, who was the guy that you hated on the, on, um, on the Knicks? Robinson. Yeah. I mean, like, those guys always get, they always get overrated because – you know, if someone's going to go, oh, well, he can get, you know, 20 points this year. It's like, well, no, he didn't ever. Like, he might. And all it takes is a couple guys to get overhyped and a couple swings in the second round by random dudes in your league. And Chris Paul suddenly, at the end of the second round, maybe he drops into the third round, and you get a guard that gets five rebounds a game and, uh, you know, over a steal and a half sitting there with great percentages, if you care about percentages, which I always recommend people should start caring more about percentages because they are often overlooked by everybody else. Before we move on, I want to talk about our newest sponsor, ThriveFantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy is giving players a brand new way of approaching and playing daily fantasy sports. I don't think I've seen this type of daily fantasy really anywhere. You see, Thrive Fantasy is kind of like an in-between between between your daily fantasy uh, 
kind of competitions and uh, prop sports betting. Thrive Fantasy provides different props uh, depending on the sport. So, for instance, the NFL, uh, we got a big week ahead of us, right? And there are multiple props that are worth different types of points on the, and you choose the over under for 10 of those props. The um, more points you win on your prop bets, the more likely you are to win the tournament for that week's NFL prop betting. Uh, this uh, coming week, they have over $12,000 worth of guaranteed prizes. Um, coming to you if you can win uh, these tournaments you know you can win thousands of dollars um, I think it's actually if you like gambling if you know a lot about you know the the amount of receiving yards a, a player is going to get and I, what I'm excited about is come the NBA doing bets on specific assists and points and different players for the week uh, I, I'm really looking forward to using uh, my knowledge of the NBA on prop betting with thrivefantasysports.com. I think it's the most unique way to play daily fantasy. Go check them out. And when you do, use the promo code WTB. That is stands for watching the boxes. That promo code WTB will get you a free $20 um, bonus money when you deposit $20 or more. I think Thrive Fantasy matches up to $50. You get $20 uh, instant cash on that using that promo code WTB. And I'd say go swindle some people out of their money. Um, if you know a lot about prop betting, you know a lot about the NFL or hopefully uh, the NBA coming up here in December, um, I think you're going to do pretty well on thrivefantasy.com. Just be sure to use that hash or that promo code WTB. And now back to the show. All right, my number four. I'm excited about this. Um, it's, it's sort of two players, but, but really, really mostly one. Um, Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. We we're there's no overlap so far in our picks. So good, good, good. Um, what impact does Doc Rivers have? I think we've seen Doc Rivers in the past. Like I think in Oklahoma City, he or not Oklahoma City. I'm sorry. And in, in Los Angeles, he did a good job of doing this, of kind of maximizing you know the talents of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan, especially. Um. Can he maximize the talents of Ben Simmons? Does he turn him into, you know, a player that can shoot it a little bit? Or does he give him the keys to the offense? Or does he find a way to play Ben Simmons off the ball a little bit more? Like, what is a Ben Simmons going to be in a Doc Rivers offense? And hmm. in a Doc Rivers defense, for that matter, maybe. Maybe we see him, you know, you know blocking a few more shots or, you know, I, I'm just really interested to see how Doc plays that. And I think Joel Embiid, you know, has a factor in that and what the roster looks like. I think, you know, the the Sixers clearly need more shooting and, and the addition of Daryl Morey might expedite that process of, of finding them shooting. So what does that team look like? What does Ben Simmons look like? Is this the final of the year we see the Ben Simmons threes? I don't think it will be uh, oh. personally, but I think we're going to see Ben Simmons' role shift some. I think it has to, right? If that team is going to continue to improve, um, then what they're doing works, but it doesn't work for greatness, right? Uh, they, they've come very close. They're a really, really good team, but they're, there's just the, some of their parts are definitely better than they've been providing uh, in, in output. And I, I actually think that combination of Daryl and Doc is the only 
is the key to unleashing uh, figuring it out because I think you get a lot more buy-in from players with guys who are really, really good at their jobs. Doc is a player coach. Like, is he? Is his X's and O's very good? Nah. Does he have good out of bounds plays? Eh, he probably steals a few good ones. Uh, he's no Steve Kerr, but um, if anyone could get these guys to play well together, I think it's Doc. Yeah. So I, I'm super interested in that whole situation and specifically Ben Simmons. Now he obviously only played 57 games last year. He missed that entire rookie season with the foot injury, but he had two years of being really healthy in 18 or 19. So I'm not super worried about the injuries. I'm just worried about where the hell and what the hell did they do with Ben Simmons? I don't know. Um, and Maury's actually in a weird way. Maury could be, reason why that team just suddenly blows up like he's not afraid to do crazy stuff like that either so if you blow uh, yeah up, the, 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 the big stat that was going around right was that he he made the most trades in the nba since like 2015 so i mean like they're gonna make some changes i think for sure all right this is um number three and he's my number three because i think he's going to be one of the most overlooked early round players um Going into next season, and I'm talking about Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, okay. Not even a guy I've thought about. Wow, not even a guy you've thought about. All right, so, you know, Yusuf Nurkic, two playoffs ago. Um, terrible injury, missed, basically was going to miss the entire season last year until the COVID happened and the bubble happened. Right. In the bubble, he finally got to come back. He averaged 33 uh, no, 31 minutes a game in the bubble. This is his stats in the bubble. 17 and a half points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, 1.4 steals. Also shooting some three-pointers, two for 10 three-pointers, right? Uh, is is this only, you know, two or six? Is it? Am I only talking about eight games? Yes, I'm only talking about games in the playoffs against the lakers uh you know less points 14 points um 10 rebounds um yeah actually he played less minutes well no, he played more minutes um only his blocks fell off that's too small of a sample size to worry about that but for him right uh, not a good matchup for him against anthony davis uh way too fast for him three right. For 11 from three-point land. Oh, I think the three-pointer is a thing that's going to stay. I don't think the percentage is going to be great, but I think he's going to take like one a game, maybe even a yeah. little bit more. Um, yeah, kind of kind of a forgotten-about player because he actually did play, but he didn't play. <laughs> like He played eight games, like you mentioned. Um, he's where, where do you see him being drafted? Because oh, literally that stat line, right, like – could be a top 10 play player like is that strange to say like I oh that is not strange to say he's it's weird because he's got like that um vucevic um feel to him when you're he's constantly overlooked but for a center he has really good percentages and then does extra things like shoot threes and gets assists so like he he could easily i think he should be going in the second round i that 
think he's going to drop to the third round in, mo- in in most drafts unless something weird happens in the lead up to the the regular season where he gets a lot of hype or he like dunks really hard over somebody in a in a pickup game or uh has like a 20 and 20 game Portland, i don't i don't i don't think that's the case i mean we've seen damian Lillard be a top 10 player for years and he's always barely ranked inside the top 10 so i don't think that's gonna Maybe. happen um uh, his per game stats just on those eight games in the in the seeding games would have had him eight last season yes now we always always harp on small sample size theater that's an incredibly small sample size. you want you want to know what's what's crazy about it though it's really just the minutes are up like if you look at his per game stats yep. uh the steals were a little bit higher than they were per 36 during the bubble and the blocks were a tiny bit higher too but the points were down rebounds were down Assists were up just a small bit. Percentages were actually down or holding steady other than the free throw percentage, which he made 86%. I mean, 88%. That's not going to stay. Like, he's more of a 70% free throw shooter, I think. You you beat me to it. Like, he's going to play more minutes now. He's 26. He's, he's entering his prime. 20 points is very reasonable. 11 rebounds is very reasonable. There's not a lot of 20 and 11 guys that exist in the entire league. but And usually those guys come with a problem. They shoot, you know, 50% from the line or they get like zero assists. That's not the problem you have here. You know, you're, uh, this is a steal block and possibly, possibly if he improves his three point shot, he could, you know, have a half, a th- somewhere between a half a three, a game to an entire three, a game uh, that would hurt his field goal percentage a little bit. Right. But he's a good free throw shooter. He gets assists for a big man. This guy is to me, a top tier center. Okay, now I think you might be able to guess my next player. He's also a big man. You okay. want to try to? You want to try to guess my next player? One hint. Um, one hint. He is going to be a a top pick, even though I'm not sure that he should be. Anthony Towns. Oh no, no! I'm actually a big fan of Carl Anthony Towns. Good guess though. Zion Williamson. Oh, number three. Okay. Once again, Zion's um, going to make this list probably every every year for the first five years of his career. Is he Joel Embiid? That's my first question. No. <laughs> Next question. Um, the stat line was outstanding. Yes. More than I thought. He hit six out of 14 threes. Like some people like to say he hit 43%, but it was really six out of 14. So don't put any stock in that sample. He played 24 games. He averaged 22 and a half points. 6.3 rebounds, 2.1 assists, not much steals, not much blocks. The field goal percentage was good. The free throw percentage was bad. I think people are going to be taking this guy like in the first, in the second round. I just don't see it in fantasy. I don't see it. And I'm really worried that he plays not a lot of games again. That's, you can never, uh, there's very few players that we, before the season go you know what oh man jimmy butler he only plays like 70 games like i'm not gonna yes he only plays 70 games most of the time but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like change my draft strategy based on jimmy butler might get hurt zion's one of the few guys i would change my draft strategy based on the fact that i i don't know how hurt he's going to be because we saw him come back and get hurt again and leave and then come back like he is incredibly young he's incredibly talented but i think i'm with you that he's going to be the most overhyped name in your draft and so chances are i will not have him on any 
of my teams because I'm not drafting anyone who is overhyped. And you hit on well, like, the two things that I think are the most important reason he's overhyped, right? His threes, his steals, and his blocks are not good enough to be um, a top-tier player or a second-tier player, um, and maybe not even a third-tier player. Well, and, and you're looking at rebounds and assists, like, that they're not great. Six point three rebounds is not a ton, and two point one assists is okay for a big man, but it's not like special. So he really is providing you two special categories, which would be points and field goal percentage. And then the other big worry is like in a seventy-two game season with presumably more back-to-backs, do the Pelicans play him in a back-to-back? Probably not, right? Probably not. So you know if there's 12 back-to-backs, you're talking his his ceiling is 60 games at the start. That's if he misses zero with injury. Yeah. So I'm 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 worried. And I think I, he's gonna be overdrafted. Like, that sounds like a fourth and fifth round player to me. And there's no chance he's dropping the fourth and fifth round. Uh there's gonna be a tons of players like Chris F. Porzingis, who I'd much rather have the Zion William any, any, any day of the week. Right, and so that's why I think he's interesting, though, is I think some there's going to be a, a faction of the fantasy community that's going to be going, Zion in the second round, Zion in the late first round, and I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't do that. Uh, we, we, I think we're going to have to beat that drum. We're going to be the guys. We're going to be the party poopers. We're going to be the realistic um, analysis guys that come and say, you know what? Um just because Robinson, you know, if he, uh, for the, the Knicks, right? Why can't I think of this guy's first name? Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson. I, I, it's escaped me every time I've tried to break just, it into just, the forefront. Just sing the song. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. That's you you Mitchell Robinson. Five blocks a game is in the cards. Um, that was the thing. He's playing 20 minutes a game, and he's averaging two and a half blocks, bro. He's going to average five blocks a game, bro. Um. That's not how it works, guys. And he's not a second or third round pick. A lot of people took him in the second, third round. A lot of people were dumb. Uh, Zion is going to be overhyped, and a lot of people are going to take him in the second, third round. Don't be that guy. Here's the here's the problem with Mitchell Robinson again this year. He's going to go high as, again. The fouls three point two a game. <sighs> you you got to stop fouling, man. You can't. He played twenty three minutes a game last year because he can't stop fouling everyone. You get you get if you can't be on the court. Don't get any points. Your minutes per game are down. The most important stat is minutes per game. Um, I got a guy, Tyler, who might have led the league in minutes per game. Oh, all right. It's my number two guy. Um, very similar in uh, the Chris Paul Amino effect. Uh, he was actually one, two, three, four, five, the fifth ranked player in minutes per game. Russell L. Westbrook. Always taking an L. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and, and now not, the, news, the news with yeah. the, the wanting out of Houston, right, makes this even more interesting now because, like, what in the wide, wide world sports is a Russell Westbrook? Yes. Um, him playing with, um, you know, MVP caliber James Harden, who also needs the ball in his hand. Uh, definitely hurt his counting stats. And now Westbrook always is a bit of an issue with nine cat roto players such as myself because of his turnovers. I do give a shit about turnovers. Yes, I'm that player. And the fact that he's a free, uh, uh, his free throws fell off a fucking cliff three years ago and never came back. 
Um, and well, I still have to fuck this back British. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. They're 76. That's, that's not the worst. Fuck that. He, he, was, he was an over 80% free throw shooter. And that has disappeared in the last three years. He's averaging like 70. That's true. Um, his field goal percentage went way up, which is not going to happen if he's on his own team. But if you're in a head-to-head league, you're in a in a in a categories a weekly league or whatever, um, doing head-to-head. Wesley Westbrook's a you know pretty high drafted player as he should be, since he did average a triple double for three straight freaking years, which is pretty incredible. Um, he on a team by himself reverts back into that player, in my opinion. And on the flip side of that makes James Harden the number one player overall in the draft. If he leaves Houston. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it matters if he's in Houston or not. I think James Harden's the number one player. James Harden was the number one player last year. When he was in Houston. So it's, if you're saying to me today, you need a number one player. Now, now the free agency stuff and the, you know, the trades and all that might shake this up a little bit, but I don't think it's going to. For me, if I have the number one pick, I'm taking James Harden. Sure. Um, not argue with that. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, I think where he plays matters to me more than where, where you know what I mean? More than it does with the James Harden thing. Like on his own team, I'm with you. That could be a top 10 player, especially in a head to head league. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to pay a lot of attention where he goes. Also, Westbrook, not known for being like the, the funnest guy to play with since he just dribbles the clock out and Jack's weird threes and he still hasn't figured that out. Um, so I don't know if that changes the people he plays with, but he's, a, he's still a good distributor uh, he's going to average over 10 assists a game, you know, someone's going to be score on the other end of that. So, uh, I, I'm very intrigued to know where he goes. And assists are, are down lately. So that 10 assists matters more than it seems like it matters too. Correct. He, um, averaged 10 assists, about 10, a little over close to 10 and a half assists a game for the four straight years uh, before last year. And let's just, uh, if I'm looking at the Z scores, if you're not familiar with the Z scores, it's kind of like a standard deviation thing where it's like, how important is this stat? It's, you know, this important based on uh, his assists very, uh, didn't change uh, throughout those years, but his Z score went up like 0.3. And that's in assists. That's a lot. I know this sounds a little technical. This is for the, the, uh, the deep dive boys out there. Um, Getting 10 assists a game is more valuable now than five years ago. Yes. And the I guess my one slight worry, and it's not really a worry for for Westbrook's overall value, it's more for those assists, is if he goes to a team like New York, do they have anyone who can make a shot? Because <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have someone to make a shot to get an assist. And so that might I'll be, be poor. Well, and, and that's the thing is, like, if you buy Russell Westbrook, you're kind of committing to trying to win, right? So, like, do they, how much do they change up that roster to try to win with Westbrook? That's a, that's another part of that yeah. that we, we can't answer at this moment. So, I don't really want to get too, too into that. But, um, yeah. My dominoes to fall there. Right. Um, my next one is kind of a cheat again, but there's there's really one player I want to focus on, but it's it's kind of three players, right? Is the Warriors, and specifically Draymond Green. Oh, yes, sir. Because we, we saw Draymond Green last year. We didn't see the other two men, right? And Draymond Green was 
bad, kind of re- real bad for hey, fantasy. Garbage bad last year. I saw a player who literally was afraid, a, a professional NBA player that was afraid to shoot the basketball pretty much. Right, and and the blocks dropped off, and obviously he only played forty three games, and the minutes were way down, and he couldn't make a field goal. Like his field goal percentage was never good, but he had shot over forty percent every year. But his rookie year, he was down to thirty eight point nine percent last year, and he's going to be thirty one. Right, and so I th- I think we could let's talk about the other two guys. Clay Thompson, I have no real worries about. Like he should be no. healthy. Like I think Clay will be. Uh, I think Clay will be overlooked. I do too. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you there. Steph Curry, there's the minor worry that now three, two out of the last three years, it's 51 and five games. But yeah. I, think, I think when Steph Curry's healthy, he's really good, and I think he's going to be healthy. So I don't, I'm not really, really worried about that. I made, a, I made an argument of taking Steph Curry number one overall last year. Probably shouldn't have made that argument in retrospect, but that's in retrospect. He literally could have had a... Kevin Durant ain't here. I'm the MVP type of season. Um, I'm certainly not going to make that argument this year to take him number one overall. But like, I don't, I don't know how he leaves your top five. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have him than Kevin Durant. If we're talking about two guys that are coming back from injuries, so I'm with you there. Draymond Green though was good until last year, and then he was bad. And you could say, okay, well, those two guys weren't around. But eh, I would wager Draymond Green wasn't good two years ago. Well, okay. So here's the historical rankings. You want you want totals, or do you want uh, per game? I guess it doesn't really matter. Whatever looks uh, best. Um, per game in eight cat, he was 49th in 2019, 24th, and then 20th, and then 13th the years before that. Okay. So last year he was in totals 167th. So not even a player you draft. Yeah. Now, now the question is: Is he a top fifty guy? Is he a top seventy-five guy? Is he a top one hundred guy? Is he a guy you don't draft? Like, to me, he's super interesting because if he falls into that like below seventy range, you know, but like maybe I'll pick one hundred. There's some real value there if he can kind of get back on the horse. And we've seen in total values. He was the sixth best player in 2016, the 17th best player in 2017, the 23rd best player in 2018. Well, here's here's two stats that rarely, rarely come back once they start to decline. Steals and blocks. Um, his best season, he was averaging almost two steals a game and a block and a half. I'd say um, the steals have been pretty consistent the last three years, 1.4, 1.4, 1.4. Yeah, and I think... You could make that case that he's he's gonna decline in the blocks, but how much of the blocks last year where he just didn't really care? Like that team Probably was quite like, a, f- a few. And no one could create for him. So right, like yeah, so on a full squad roster, maybe if people are looking at Draymond's uh, last year ranking and go, yeah, that's where I'm gonna draft him at 88 or 70, 78 or whatever. Um, then you then uh, I would say possibly with a full roster a slight bounce back like a slight like a slight bounce back uh if you can't average 10 points a game i don't know what you're doing yeah but the question is now that durant is gone if they're gonna win doesn't he have to absolutely has to 
I saw, a guy, I saw a guy who didn't want to shoot the basketball. That's still and, there. And, it's, it's over for him. That's my point. I think he is one of the most boom bust picks because no matter where you take him, you need him to shoot. You need him to hit a competent level of shots. Yeah. And I'm not sure that he's going to. Um, fair. Um, my last player on my list, uh, number one player on my list, is um, I, I'm I'm finally cheating, just like you are, Tyler, because I want to talk about this particular player, but I want to talk about um, something much more, um, I would say, um, impactful to people's perceptions. Uh, my number one player is Jamal Murray. Uh, we all remember what Jamal Murray did in the uh, playoffs last year because every single person had nothing to do uh, but watch basketball because there was nowhere to go, and that was the only sport on. Um, Jamal Murray got wet in the fucking playoffs. Um, absolutely absurd. That's a joke now nowadays, isn't it? Yes, it is a bit of a pun. Uh, I don't know if that's a pun. Um, the guy went out, out of his f- fucking mind. Uh, he dropped 50 twice against uh, Utah. He basically uh, brought the uh, Clippers uh, to their knees. Um, it's incredibly impressive. And he played in, he played great against the Lakers. Um, we're, we're talking about a guy like, like 25, eight and five with a, a steal and like a half a block for a fucking guard against the Lakers. This is, I've been on Jamal Murray. You like Jamal Murray. Um, we think Jamal Murray is going to be a very, very good player. You're probably going to have somebody in your league who thinks he's a first or second round player. He's not. Yeah, the bubble, the bubble thing is going to be big. I mean, he was he was fiftieth in total value last season. He's maybe, 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 maybe a, a third round pick at the very end. I'm thinking more by fourth, maybe even fifth round for me. Like, if you look, if you look at his per game average, he was the fifty seventh ranked player last year. Is he going to be better than uh, overall the entire season last year? I think so. Yeah, he's twenty three. He's going to be twenty. But the bubble it made him seem to be one of the best players in the league, and he's not. He's not a. He's not a first couple round player. Uh, the bubble, yeah, like you said, the bubble's going to make Tyler Hero look really, really, really good. He's probably a waiver wire player. Um, the bubble effect is so prominent, I think, going into this season that Dame Lillard is actually going to be drafted at the right spot. I'm not going to be surprised by that. And you mentioned it. I think there's a good, a healthy number of players that are going to get impacted by that bubble. And yeah, for me, Murray's like barely inside my top 50. So if you're taking them inside the top 20, you're doing it wrong, I think. Um, okay, you ready for my number one? I'll let you go. I'll, I'll give you one guess of my number one. I think you can get that. Kudacic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because here's why. You mentioned it. It's, it's, it's impossible to get into that top tier. Did it? Almost, and the only really historical comp to anything that he's doing is LeBron James, who then averaged twenty-seven point two points in his second year and averaged thirty-one a game his third year. There's twenty-one a, years old. Yeah, there's a good possibility Luka Doncic averages a thirty-point triple-double per game. He did it for a month last year. 
the month of November, he averaged a 30 point triple double for the month. It's good. There is a possibility that he averages it with the free throw percentage took a big a big leap last year. The field goal percentage took a big leap. There could be another leap in there. He he averaged a 30 point triple double in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like he was putting up 30 a game, 31 a game in the playoffs, 31, 9.8, and 8.7 in the playoffs. And it would have been a 30 point triple double had that game where he hurt his ankle and he only played like barely into the third quarter. Not happened. He gets to the line like an elite player. Nine free throw attempts per game. Um is this if you're in a if you're in a nine cat league, which I am, uh the turnovers are a little worrisome. And the free throw percentage, uh, if you care about percentages, is a little worrisome. Um, and steal a game and, uh, you know, 0.2 blocks per game uh, average last season. Those m- minute little details, um, do you think those are the things that keep him from being truly a tier one player? Because 30, 10, and 10 is incredible but westbrook wasn't a tier one fantasy player at you know 28 10 and 10 yeah but isn't wasn't trey young a first round player basically last year wasn't luka Doncic basically first round player last year doing what they're doing because those assists are so much more valuable now that is fair he also hits three three pointers a game um uh, i think too we saw in the bubble that he played better defense think that there's room for there to be a little bit of opportunity. He's not going to be a shot blocker. He's just not a super athletic dude who's going to block a ton of shots. But I think you could see him like get up to like 1.2, 1.3 steals a game. So like you mentioned, those, those little those little ticks matter, right? Those little... And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he's being drafted. But well, here's, here's one I'll ask you right now. Would you rather have Kevin Durant or Luka Doncic? yeah yeah <laughs> wow yeah well i mean if i'm in a nine category roto league maybe kevin durant i think it's pretty close that's what i mean and so i think he's he's made the jump and there's a chance there's a real chance he becomes the best player in the nba in a couple of years and so you're 100 right you you were really really high on Doncic coming into this uh into last season uh so much so that even as someone who likes Luka Doncic I was like man you might need to slow down Tyler and you were 100 percent right on on how what the leap that Luka Doncic could take um there's no reason he can't take another one he's 21 years old right and so I'm just super interested I think I'm, I'm most interested just to see what what's possible there and and what that stat line looks like and how much better can that kid get man that kid is just amazing He's easily uh, he's not he's a not miss player. If we can ever go back to a game and he comes to your city, go to that game and watch Luka Doncic play uh, basketball. I was lucky enough to uh, get to see the Rising Stars game here in Chicago at the All Star game uh, at the All Star weekend, which seems like five to six years ago at this point. Um, that was one of the last games he played before the whole shutdown. Yes, and the end of the game turned into a freestyle dunk contest, which I feel like that should happen every year. That was it was incredible. That was wild. That was wild. That was some wild stuff. But yeah. Okay, lightning round. Uh, I know we had some guys that got honorable mention in our top five that we wanted to get to. Uh, name the guy and give a reason. And we'll go back and forth until we run out. Go. 
Uh, Buddy Hill, just wait to see what is he. Rashawn Holmes, what are the Kings going to do with him? Can he repeat what he was doing when he was like a top 20 player? Oh, I had not even thought about Rashawn Holmes. See, this is why this was good. This was a good exercise for both of us because that's to play another player. I had not. A lot of players I haven't thought of. Really? Uh, Andre Drummond. What okay. if what's Andre Drummond? And are we finally seeing guys like Andre Drummond basically not really have a role in this NBA? I don't think people like that will have much more of a role in the NBA. Um, Bradley Beal, what are the Wizards doing with him, and can he continue to play at that level? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Well, I think the, the, the other guy on my list, John Wall, <laughs> matters big time. What is John Wall? <laughs> um, great question. Got one more? So yeah, wait, do you have one more? Because your turn. My guy was John Wall. Uh, oh, I thought you just threw in John Wall for fun. Uh, I have another John, Johnny Collins. Oh, all right. Yeah. Incredible, oh, per, yeah. incredible per game average last year, 2110. Uh, young. Uh, where does he go from there? How does he play with Clint Capella? Yeah, and the Hawks, I think, are just an interesting team. Full stop. Like, what, what are they, they going to do? They actually have one of a few teams that have cap space. So, um, Good one. That's a good one. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, just where is he going to be? And can he tap into some of that potential that he has that he hasn't really shown in Sacramento? Love Bogdan. Um, another hard name to say, Dante Sabonis. Uh, what is Indiana doing? Where's Oladipo going, I guess? But Dante Sabonis, uh, you know, is an 18 and 12 player with five assists. That's another, that's a very, very silly stat line that could get better. Uh, yeah, with you on that. Um, there's a couple rookies that, that I, I would probably mention if this was after the draft. Um, specifically, LaMelo La, 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 La Ball, though. He's going to be super interesting because I think some people are going to be valuing him just like always as like a top 40 player. And weirdly, he might be able to put up a decent amount of assists to, to inflate his value quite a bit. And so I still think he's going to be overdrafted, but. If he has a one skillet, it is some fairly elite passing. Yeah, and um, we are going to definitely do a um, after the draft uh, discussion of uh, if you're in if you're in rookie drafts, if you're in dynasty leagues, which we really recommend people play dynasty leagues. I love a good dynasty league. Um, we're going to go through the rookies, go through the draft, and I will say um, Tyler is probably the premier. Um, Analysis, fantasy basketball analysis, analysis, Anal no, that's not the word I'm looking for. Analyst, I think. Analyst, there it is. Wow, it's it's been a while. Um, Tyler is like top tier because Tyler uh, wouldn't shut up about Brandon Clark last season, uh, and nor should he have because Brandon Clark uh, finished in the I think per game in the top 100, only averaging like 22 minutes a game. Yeah, right, and it's 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 an inexact science. Like there's some some I've missed on for sure, but um, sometimes you can just see. And sometimes like there are so, certain players that get thrown down because they're old, and they're not old. They're like 22, so it's just crazy. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing about that Devin Booker guy. He's probably over the hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it just doesn't make any sense. I agree. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else? Anybody else? Uh, uh, no, man, that's it. I, I feel I feel good about that. I feel like that was a strong top five there. 
Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we are kind of biding our time before the draft and then all hell breaking loose on free agent Friday um, coming up here. Uh, but if you guys have oh, anything, here, oh, ask, will there be the, the one we have to take back next week where it gets reported? We saw one last year was that Miami heat trade with the Mavericks where Goran Dragic was going to the Mavericks and then, Oh no, wait, we got confused. Somebody reported that it was happening and it wasn't. Will there be the take back moment this year? Almost positively. Yes, because everything is being done uh, digitally and um, it's all happening. Like the entire free agency is happening in like five days. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. I think there could be multiple, like there could be multiple the Deandre Jordan saying he's going to the Mavericks and flipping and going to the Clippers, that kind of stuff. There could be a bunch of it. And I'm wrong. Bogdanovich. Uh, goes to a different team for somehow. I'm here for all of it. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited for the start of the NBA. I'm very very pumped um, to have NBA back, like real NBA games outside. Uh, maybe outside of a bubble, we actually don't know. But we're going to continue to bring you as much um, analysis as possible leading up to your draft. If you want to hear anything specific, just let us know. You can find me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts and as if you like the show, please rate and review us or support the show at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, we are going to be publishing quick hits like we did last year on any of the, any quick hits that happen, any trades, uh, free agency signings, um, injuries, all sorts of nonsense that happens. If you need quick reaction to that stuff, that's going to be exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. Our Patreon will not kick back off. We put it on pause. Uh, will not kick back off until I would say December. But once December kicks back in, get on that Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And I think I think that's it, Tyler. Sounds good to me. It was a good one. Another good one. There will be many more to come, I have a feeling. We're all good, guys. Uh, and we're all good. We will see you next time. Bye.